boys are on. It's been years, let's call it, since uh, the two of us sat in the same room to record a podcast. So you know what? Which calls for a special occasion. Uh, how the hell are you on Thursday, the 29th of September, JLo? Yeah, good, mate. It feels... It's weird to sit in the same room and do this, but uh, I'm glad we're doing it. Um, I'm ready to talk some stuff, and boy, am I excited for the Mount Rushmore. Just a little little sneak peek for everyone. It's going to be a belter, so hang around to the end. That's a what I'm A tease, we call it in the industry, a yep. slight tease. Uh, before we get to the Mount Rushmore, like you said, plenty on the slate. We're in a We're in a beautiful pocket in the sporting world. We've got... The end of the AFL season, but the beginning of the off-season. So there's plenty of storylines uh, happening. The NBA season's almost upon us. Media Day's in the rear vision mirror. you got bloody statement edition jerseys being released. Whew. All sorts of uh, blokes in their new kits. And Donnie Mitchell in the Cavs jersey makes me pretty up and about. Uh, how's the NFL team looking? Three weeks in, how are the fantasy boys travelling? Yeah, 0-3. Oh so <laughs> not a good start. <clears throat> what I will say is I feel like it's all about to come together. Whoever's about to play me, watch out. I've got a new quarterback in. I've been, I've, he's been in my team. I've just gone with the the more standard pick of Matt Stafford. But I got Trevor Lawrence. He puts puts work in on the ground. He's starting to throw some QB, uh, TDs. QBs throwing yeah, TDs. Yeah, that's it. So Trevor Lawrence in. McCaffrey's about to fire. Leonard Fournette's about to fire. The wide receivers got back on track. And I must admit, I've got like two or three running backs sitting in the wings, waiting in the wings, ready to really fire up. So I actually think uh, I think it's about to all come together. I would not want to be playing me this week. That's what I'll tell you, Frosty. You're, you're doing a bit better than I am. Uh, one and two. So technically. Oh, oh God. <laughs> but I had a, had a heartbreaking uh, four-point loss this week, thanks to the Chargers scoring negative points for me as my defense. Oh, boy. Uh, Are you going to do anything about that? I don't think so. I think I'm just going to... They've got Houston this week, so I'm like, hopefully they can bounce back a bit. Quarterback continues to fuck me, though. Like, Unlike you, I don't have someone who's got the running power or the rushing upside. You would have thought Russ would have. Well, he, he jogs around a bit, but he's not he's throwing old. touchdowns. He's getting old. Kirk Cousins is struggling. He's the one on the bench that I've got. And this week, my reward is I get to go against the number one scoring quarterback in Lamar Jackson. So... Yeah. Kyle Merritt's probably not listening to this, but he's got Lamar and Cooper Cup. But I'm not worried. I think I've got him covered the rest of the uh, roster. And if you look at it, there's like ticks based on who's got winning the head-to-head matchup. Oh, yeah, okay. And they're the only ones I'm losing. So as long as they don't combine for 80 points, which is very possible, mm. I could be in for a sniff to go 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, I, I was talking to Fry, uh, Merritt about this earlier, uh, and he's really excited to beat you this week. Um, and the other thing I will say is ah, the way my QBs are going, the way your QBs are going, part of me thinks, I don't know if I trust in the fry, wait for the QB system anymore, mate. I feel like, actually, it's not the worst thing to grab a QB in round five. So next next year, I may change my tack because, you know, the years I've won it, I had elite, elite QBs. Fair. I got lucky with Pat Mahomes in his like second season. You know, that was the first year. I actually traded him that year for Matt Ryan, who I think might have been MVP year. But it was actually I remember that. The other year I won it, Kyler Murray was a rookie, but he put yards in on the ground. And I feel mm-hmm. like actually maybe round five, round six, 
maybe is the time to grab because the the running backs I've got that are doing well right now were not the number one or two picks I took. My wide receivers are not doing well. That were the third and fourth pick. It's actually the guys I picked up real late, a little bit of flyers. It's a it's 32 teams. Right, so part of me thinks maybe don't listen to Fry's fantasy advice and you'll do well. Uh, we've seen that in the AFL fantasy season. Go against Fry's gut. You shouldn't have got Ben Keys, you know? Fucking Ben So Keys. maybe listen to what Fry says and... Just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, and maybe go slightly opposite. That's all. I mean, there was some merit in me wait for a quarterback statement. Uh, as you're looking, now that I've got the lists up, Josh Allen was the number one quarterback going off the boards. He is now currently the number two scoring quarterback, so Not that holds to... Uh, Holds true. Paddy Mahomes was second. He's number four. Lamar Jackson was third. He's number one. But there's guys like Justin Herbert who have dipped down a bit. He's eighth now. But if you're looking at the list of the best scorers so far, two is in there. Carson Wentz is in there. And Trevor Lawrence rounds out the top ten. So there was some value late. I just didn't pick any of those pricks. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, fair enough. The top four, Lamar, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Paddy Mahomes. Mm. Would have been four of the first five taken, but... Hey, right, say lovey. There's nothing say I can lovey. do about it now. Hopefully, uh, Russ Wilson hits his straps and gets a dub for me this week. Uh, any lineup tweaks that you're making other than the quarterback? Uh, I think I'll probably sit. I've got got favourable matchups mm. coming up, so yeah, I'll just sit and see how it goes. But um, excited to see Trevor Lawrence. You watch fucking Matt Stafford will have a forty piece, and Trev Lawrence will get, dish up a seven. But um, <laughs> You know, I'm just going to back him in maybe the rest of the year because he's a young player. I don't mind those young players coming through. So. If he runs for a touchdown and let's say has, I don't know, half a dozen carries, throws a bit, like the Jags are improving. That's a solid like fantasy upside. He could mm. score shitloads. I reckon this week just reeks of me being like, nah, I'm going to swap out my RB2 yeah, for yeah. someone else. And then, you know, one will get six and the one on my bench will have 30. So it happened to me last week. Good old Khalil Herbert on my bench had 30.9. Uh, and Clyde Edwards Alaire had. Oh, he had 14 in my starting line. But anyway. He's going right. You picked him one pick before I would have grabbed him. Just quite Sorry, but anyway. Yeah, hopefully, uh, between us, out of six tries with one win, uh, we can report back next week with a couple more dubs under our belt. That'd be nice. Uh, I'll talk a bit of AFL Grand Final before we dive into the off offseason. Uh, I don't think. Like most Australians, many people tuned in really after early second quarter. No. Felt like the game was almost over halfway through the first quarter when Isaac Smith kicked his second. But did the best team of the year win it all? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I me too. So. And I think I said it all year. And I said I would die <laughs> Fuck you, Sydney. Sydney did not deserve to be there. And our, we happened to watch the uh, game with our actual footy coach. Who's a shout out, Rammy? Shout out, Jamie Ram. One of the better, probably the best coach I've ever had in my life. And he he was avid. He was actually more down on Sydney than I was. He was sort of saying they don't have any good players. I th- I think they have some good players, and I think they'll be good in the future. It's nice that they. This is their little West Coast got the twenty fifteen one mm. one three years later. I think that's what's going to happen to Sydney. Chad Warner had a a fucking brilliant game. Yeah, I mean, actually, the rest of the young people were shit. Robbie Fox was all right, but, I mean, let's be honest, Geelong absolutely smashed those guys and deserved to Cooked win. Them. And I'm glad that they did it. For I'm glad I wanted Danger to win. 
Yep. Did, we didn't realise it was going to be Joel's last game, but it was became pretty clear in the fourth. Um, so stoked that he went out on the win, even though I've never liked the bloke, um, but he's a champion of the game, so good on him. But absolutely, I think the best team of the year won, which it doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen often. No, it doesn't. I'm looking a bit through the box score. 26 touches for the man you mentioned, Robbie Fox, but also 26 for Joel Selwood. Kicked that pretty wicked goal towards the end as well, and it was a great day for Joel Selwood. Obviously, winning a captaining a side to an AFL Grand Final dub, but the whole like Levi Ablett thing before the game, giving the Oz kick kid his boots at the end. Yeah, like, that was cool. Yeah, it was a real wholesome day for Jolie. And I've always, I think, I sports hate him just because he's so good. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like Kobe. We never liked Kobe. Yeah. Respect Kobe now. Yep. Uh, Mark Blitzarves actually had himself a stat line: twenty three touches, a goal. 15 hitouts, 8 tackles. Pretty fucking decent. 111 fantasy points. Bloody good player. Uh, Lukey Parker, shout out to him for his 18, uh, 14 tackles, rather. That's a handball for all, not uh, tackles. Danger, again, one of the best. Deserving Norm Smith winner, Isaac Smith. I'm glad the Cats got another one, because I know it's yeah. only been 10 years, and you're like, well, fuck, Geelong supporters have been starved of a premiership. But there's a lot of blokes in that side that their resumes deserve to say that they're Two-time, three-time, yeah. or Selwood's case, four-time. In Danger's yeah. case, premiership player. Yeah. Some of those stars deserved it. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think the best team won, and I think Sydney will bounce back, maybe not as early as next year. Rami's right. They don't have as many A-graders on their list. Like, they're, they're a pretty not good yet. team, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, with the exception of Warner, you looked around and you're like, oh, they're all Oz fringe blokes. That's what they've got written all over them. But uh, Jolly Selwood bows out. Much like the previous two Geelong captains as a premiership skipper. Bit of a useless sports by Fry, Fry oh. stat. Oh. Tom Harley, 2009, retired as a uh, premiership skipper. Ding-a-ling-ling. Damaling, 2011, retired as a premiership skipper. Joel Selwood, 2022, retires as a premiership skipper. So, yeah, shout out Joel Selwood. Clearly uh, a huge day for him. Anything else to wrap up the 2022 season? Oh, it was a bit worrying for Buddy. It? <laughs> it was. I really thought... He'll bounce back. I think we said it last week we did the pod when he's like, yeah, I'm doing one more. I was like, this is it. Like, this is his last game. How yeah, awesome. Yeah, and he yeah. announced it like during the week. Thank God he didn't retire on Imagine that one, if that was his last pro game of footy. The poor bastard. Yeah, you, well, you wouldn't announce it the, the the week before, you know, before the game, just in case that happened. And that was um, that was pretty embarrassing. That's... That's GWS Giants, Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide. Areas. <laughs> areas. Right in the areas. Good areas. Yeah. Uh, all right. Off-season time. Oh, here we go. Are you up and about? Because I reckon the off-season for footy and basketball almost gets me up and about more than the actual playing of the sport. Yeah, basketball one is bloody long, though, I will say that. True. Well, it's the player movement bit that's the exciting bit, and we're yep. about to enter, by the time you're listening to this, free agency opens as of Friday the 30th of September. Uh, trade period starts on Monday. There's a couple of questions I've got that I'm going to run through, mainly highlighting you know, the biggest talking points and the biggest players, but is there anything that you got your eyes on particularly that you're interested in? Obviously, there's a lot of rumours going around at this point of the year, but is there anything that you really want to observe and watch and see, or team, player... A list manager. What do you What do you got your eyes on heading into the uh, eventful off season? Well, look, I don't think West Coast is going to be a huge player. They'll mm. They'll bob up and they'll grab that one player who's coming home or 
I'm sure you might have a little list of players who might return to WA. And boy, that's a huge advantage for the West Aussie teams. You know, massive. Being such a big footy state, getting those players who want to come home, um, like, can't bloody blame them, you know, get out of cold ass Melbourne. Not that I've, I love Melbourne, don't get me wrong, but coming back to warm WA, you've got two, now two champion footy clubs. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, but to be honest, the, the the thing that I'm most interested in is the other West Aussie team. Mm-hmm. It's not West Coast. I'm so interested to see how Frio goes. And they've said they're not trading Rory Lobb or whatever. I think that might be a bit of a red herring. I think Rory Lobb might actually move. Belly said no, doesn't make sense. But the right offer comes up. You, you send that piece of average football player over the other side of the country, get him as far away from, from Perth and from where we live as possible. Yep, and I, and obviously you've got the six, seven, eight, nine, ten bloody blokes who now want to move. I'm fascinated to see how Freo goes this off-season, mate. Well, you must have peaked at the running sheet because the first <clears throat> big question does revolve around those Dockers. Mm. Yeah, I kind of agree with you a bit on the lobster standpoint. I can see how they're talking about how a ruck forward of that ilk is really important for a team's structure. And he had a career year, but I think he probably played so well because he was almost auditioning for other sides. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I've already got one foot out the door. I made that very publicly clear at the end of last offseason. I agree. I think if I'm Peter Bell, uh, even if you don't want him to go, you've, like, a bloke asks to be traded two years in a row, you just pull the trigger. Yeah, get rid of him. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, righto. Question number one. Which departing Fremantle player is worth the most? So we got Rory Lobb, mm-hmm. Blakey Akers, mm-hmm. Griffin Loke. You throw in Darcy Tucker in there, but as a bloke who couldn't squeeze in a Frio's regular nah, don't, 22, I don't think he's at the top of the pecking order. Yeah, leave his name off the list. Uh, Lloyd that. Meek as well, who, you know, is young, polled all right in the Sandover earlier this week and has shown that when he plays in the AFL, he's a big dude, so he doesn't look out of place. But who do you reckon of those Frio players will demand the most at the trade table. Yeah, is Liam Henry on the list? Mm, yeah, and he's been flirted with potentially a move to Carlton. Um, I don't know if that's going to come to fruition. It seems like that was a lot of hearsay, but yeah, he's still on the list. He'd be a big loss. High draft pick, academy player, really good looking boy. I don't know but- though. Like I watched him play a couple of his last waffle games. And he just looked all at sea. Like, he looked out of place at a league. He's 20 years old. Side. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, he he would be high on my list. He'd be third, I reckon. I think Blake Akers is the number one bloke. Okay. Um, just because he had a fantastic year. You guys kind of got him over, what was it, two years ago now? Yeah, I think this is his second year at the Dockers. Yeah, and boy, it's a shame to let him go because he had such a good year. I think he's a class player. There's not many true wings in the league, and he's, if you ask me, a true wing. Yep. Um, real connector of play, hard at it. Um, so he's number one for me. And then I would go Rory Lobb, um, even though I think he's a pretty average. Oh, look, okay, he plays a role well. I think his second, third, and fourth efforts are not what Frio want at all. And it, even though he's having an audition year... I, I don't reckon I saw more than three second efforts by him all year, which says a lot. I think says a lot about a player and says a lot about where a player's at mentally. I think he was quite checked out, even though he was really running around. He's kicking a lot of goals. He was dangerous. He was a presence. So he showed his his 
uh, his positives, mm. but I also think he really showed who he truly is as a player. So, boy, if I was Freo and I could get the right um, deal for him, even if it was actually like a pretty fucking middling deal, I would I would take it. Get some of those. We talk about this in the NBA all the time. Those guys who are should have been or were high draft picks or super high potential, high ceiling guys who've never quite got the shot or never had a crack at it. Maybe like a Liam Henry. Yeah, he's a he's a, a low example, but still an could, example. Yeah, exactly. If you can get a few of those guys in, hopefully a key position. But I don't know if you get Luke Jackson in, which is that a formality at this point? I don't yeah, know. I think someone was asking me about that earlier today on socials and they were like, oh, the West Coast actually like stand a chance. I'm like, from all reports I can indicate, no. Right. Like he's, he was out on the source with Sean Darcy yeah, last weekend. Yeah. Like, I think he came back to play for the Dockers. Grew up supporting the Dockers. I okay. think right. they've put a lot of the groundwork in. There still may be a late play by the Coasters, but I think they're like, well, our list is in a very interesting transition. Mm. They've still got some of the blokes on the roster who are not chewing up all the salary cap, but guys that they want to devote it to so the ladies just not doesn't fit our timeline or our demographic so yeah so i it, look with luke jackson coming in i feel like you could maybe maybe get a blake acres replacement and a pick or yep. you know something something to play around with i, I would get rid of lob if i could just because i think his second efforts are a shit house for an afl player in the system that he plays in yeah the freer dockers high pressure low scoring i think let him walk. Let Luke Jackson do the hard work. So they're, they're the top two. And then I, I think Liam Henry's higher than... Just cause he, because he's a high-ceiling player, he, you're right. He hasn't showed, shown anything, but um, he's also good-looking. That's that's a friggin' fact. It's, it's marketability. It's marketability. I'm telling you, mate. I uh, I don't know if Griffin Logue would classify as a good-looking rooster. He's all right. He's all right. I reckon he could be the one that we get the most return for, the most bang for buck. There's all these guys, though, Acres, Logue, Lob, they're all talking about, like, future seconds, future thirds. I'm like, we've got no picks this year. I would just love another top 30 selection. Yeah. And w- whether they use that to then, yeah, try and pry another West Aussie home or they make a play at an Acres replacement. Yeah. Like, not be aggressive, but be aggressive in getting the best value for money. Like, if these blokes want to go, there's nothing that's going to force them to stay. I think Lloyd Meek could be underrated as well if he goes somewhere and just yeah. thrives as like a number one ruck. But yeah, as we've said a couple of times on this podcast, a mini exodus is never something that uh, the Dockers wanted to handle after a pretty successful season. You could say that Roy Lobb is the most unique player and he deserves hmm. a bit more draft capital devoted to him. But yeah, I think it's Griffin Logue for mine. I think he will go back to North Melbourne and he will just dominate in the back six. I know that he's kind of been a bit of a swingman, Luke McFarlane, uh, Adam Hunter style, playing at both ends of the ground. But I think, well, I mean, he said he wanted to go North Melbourne when Clarko was coaching, so that might change. But yeah. now that he's out the door, if wherever he lands, it might be Essendon, they've got cash, they could potentially pounce and make a late play. But if he goes somewhere and sits in the back six, I wouldn't be surprised if he emerged as like an all Oz squad member. Not a team, but sure. makes the 40 within a year or two. Yeah. All right, uh, next one. What does Josh Dunkley cost? Because obviously Brisbane are in the prime box seat to snag the reigning Charles Sutton. Charles Sutton, medal winner, won the Bulldogs BNF earlier this week. So Dunkley's out the door. How much does Brisbane have to cough up? Are we talking a top 
15 pick this year? Are we talking a pick 20 and maybe a future first as well? What do you reckon, not that what should the dogs ask for, because they're obviously going to ask for as much as possible, but what do you reckon is a realistic fair price for Josh Dunkley? Yeah, look, uh, to be honest, I don't have a clear idea of what he's going to cost. He's a bloody good player. I think he's an all-Australian calibre player. Yeah. He's going to be huge for what Brisbane are looking to do. And in fact, he's exactly what Brisbane need because I think they really lacked a bit of punch. They've got McCluggage. Obviously, they've got Lockie Neal, who's who's a gun. They've got, you know, like Jared Lyons was a bit funky this year. I don't think they've got the midfield that they need. So if I'm the doggies, you're right. I'm asking for the fucking the barn. Yeah. Is that a, I don't know if that's a saying, yep. but I'm asking for a barn. Yep, you're asking for a barn. I'm asking for a barn and some acreage. <laughs> So, Blake Acreage? <laughs> nah, definitely not Blake Acreage. Um, yeah, a lot. I don't know. I, I don't know what they could fetch. He's a first-round pick sort of player. Yep. Um, maybe another bit of a pick. I don't understand how the bloody points work either, but I'd be asking for a lot. And, you know, I would almost want to... I, I don't know who they might get back, but a player back would be nice. But yeah, let's just go a first-round pick. So let's say Brisbane's first round of this year is 15. I think that's pretty accurate. Does that alone get it done? Nah. Give me more. Give me more. See? And the tricky thing is, like you're saying, the picks are a bit uh, convoluted and tricky to follow. If someone puts a bid in for Will Ashcroft number one, which is probably going to happen because he's probably the best player in this draft pool. Right. That's 3,000 draft points, but they get a discount because he's a father-son character. Okay. So I think it's a... 20% discount, ballpark. So that takes okay. it down to 2,400. But still, that's like a shitload. Like they'll have to give up pick 15 plus a couple of other random middle picks. Do they yeah. sacrifice like a future first for Josh Dunkley? And then is that even enough? The dogs are probably like, no, nope, that's not it. Like you got to give us that plus pick 20. Mm. Mm. So it's very interesting to see. Like he's obviously, like you said, a gun. And I think if he goes, Jack Gunston goes, which is rumoured, and they get Will Ashcroft. This fucking Brisbane team is looking like right. almost odds-on favourites for mine. Like I thought they'd make the grand final this year. If you could swap Josh, Josh Lyons, Jared Lyons, straight out for Josh Dunkley, huge game changer. Huge. Depends if they have a coach this year or not, though. That's another question. Uh, not on this list, but the third question on this list okay. says, from a football standpoint, because you and I don't like the prick off the field, should Dugowie stay or leave? Collingwood because the Saints are interested the Dons are interested does it make more sense if you're Jordan Dugowie to stay with the Pies after the year they've had or do you get a fresh start get a payday go join one of these other Victorian squads and try and become because let's be honest he could be like a a dusty light he's been called Kmart dusty quite a bit in fantasy circles but he's got that same profile right he can swing a finals game or Mm. swing a match off his own boot well stay and work for Dusty I'd stay. True. I, I wouldn't do goey. Oh, hey. yeah! Fuck me! Fucking kill me! Um, yeah, I would. I would stay if I was him. I'm all about winning. Um, you get enough money as is. He's probably got a fucking. Well, he might have lost it, but I'm sure I've seen him with like underwear on in an ad. Um, yeah, I think he's a Bonds rep. Right. So he's, you know, he's getting money. He's getting money. He's going to have a career after footy. He's probably like one of those textbook jump into the booth or be a sports bet guy like Swanee and fucking Nate Brown. So I would stay. Um, Dusty didn't leave and it worked out really well. I feel like it, it, it definitely feels like Collingwood is about to enter that 
Richmond kind of error. So, yep. Uh, if I'm any of the Collingwood crew, maybe Brody Grundy excluded, I'd be staying and I would be working, working my butt off to make that team take them to the next level because Dugowie's kind of entering that. I think he's a bit, he's a fair bit younger than Dusty, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Give and him, give him four or five enough. years. I think he's 26. He might be entering that Dusty Prime era. And if he can do it with the right squad, I mean, Dusty was elite, but he, he needed the elite Richmond teams to win, to become Dusty Martin. True. So I reckon stick around. There's no midfielders who are challenging you. Like, you know, I mean, Taranto might come in, but Dugowie's still probably the number one bloke in that. He's the, he's the most damaging guy. He is yeah. Dusty, so... I'd be staying. Ugh, who wants to go to the Saints? Ugh. Or the Dons at this point, right? Like, Ugh. if they're... The recent rumour is... or may, I don't even think it's a rumour now that Goey got tabled an offer from Collingwood. It was almost identical numbers to Saints. And they were like, yep, we'll sign it. Then it's got to this week near the free agency period. And Collingwood are like, oh, by the way, there are these like, behavioural triggers in right. your contract. Oh, fair enough. And I think the AFLPA is like, no, you can't put them in your contract. That's... It's taboo. You're not allowed to do that. So, yeah, it seems like it's a bit of a tricky scenario. And he's quite happy to not have these triggers in his contract because, like we've said, he's a scumbag. Yeah. And I don't know if he will stay at Collingwood if they keep him in the deal. But, yeah, what's your alternative? You go to Essendon and sign for the same money and, yeah, I don't really love the fucking idea of him in a Don's uniform playing full midfield minutes. But you could compliment that Collingwood team really well. Yeah, I think he's exactly what they need. He's a goal kicker. They don't have that many goal kickers, except they do it by, uh, what do you call committee. it? Committee. Thank you. I was just going to say collaboration. Oh, I was about to say Tomato, tomato. Yeah, exactly. But collaboration committee. He's he's so important for them, um, but just sign the bloody clause and don't be a dickhead. That's yeah, what I would say. Easy. Chop up. Uh, if he doesn't stay, then they'll probably use the money to keep Brody Grundy, maybe attract uh, Tom Mitchell, who's also been linked oh, yeah. to joining the Pies. I would love to see that, to be honest, and I would pounce on Tommy Mitchell from a fantasy standpoint because, like you said, Collingwood doesn't really have those midfielders. Taylor Adams is always injured. Pendlebury's going out. Nick Dacos is still very raw, but I digress. Question number four. Does the Gorn-Grundy combo make sense? Absolutely. So you think that Melbourne should trade for him? Oh, I mean, it depends on the price. Like, you, they, they, they have to look forward and be like, all right, I'm, and I don't know what their contract's like. You need to square away Petrarca. You need to square Oliver away. I think he well, just they did Oliver him. and Brayshaw this year. You got to, but you got to make sure you've got the money. Like they've got some. I, I reckon Cosy Pickett will fetch a fair bit mm-hmm. whenever he extends. Uh, I'm trying to think who else they got. Lever and Stephen May. Oh, they're fucking valuable. Yeah. Like you, when you're that when you're that sort of team, you got to make sure the money works. So. If, Getting Grundy throws everything out. That's a no. But if they can make it work, then absolutely. I think it totally works. Um, you've literally got the two best Ruckman in the league on the same team. You're going to win the Ruck all day. You've got Petrarca and Oliver and Brayshaw and Viney. Viney is a fucking Viney's gun. a jet. Just quietly. like He gets nowhere near the credit he deserves. You throw in Harms. You've probably got a few youngsters, I'm forgetting. They're not losing a ruck tap, so I would absolutely do it. And you know what? Also, I don't think Melbourne... Everyone thought at the start of the year Melbourne was this 
world-beating team that's going to win three of the next four. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're who everyone thought and that kind of worked out this year. But if they decide to go with the Grundy route and do something really unique, they could be absolutely world-beating. So, oh, yeah. Um, I would I would take the punt knowing it. I mean, what's it going to cost them? Say so it's probably a first-rounder, top 20 pick. That's not much. I mean, in this day and age, you know, like, They've got... They don't need it. I'm looking at it. They've got pick 32, 41, 50, 63, 68. So they could be someone that Brisbane go, here's pick 15, give us the rest that I just reeled off. And they might do that, yeah. just purely for a numbers standpoint. Yep. Then pick 15 could probably push a deal through. Yep. So, yeah. Go for it. I, I don't know if I love the idea, because if then one of them's not playing ruck, where are you playing them? Up forward? Down back, I know that Gorn's shown that he can actually play a bit behind the footy and he's solid at it. And Grundy's, you know, he's an okay forward as well. Maybe I'm just a little bit pessimistic, but you're right. From an actual ruck standpoint, if you're spelling Grundy with Gorn and they're, I don't know, let's say doing 50-50 or one's doing 60, that's doing 40% of the hit-out work, fucking good luck to the rest of the midfield. Well, and you could also just play at half and half, like play... Gorn plays back, Grundy plays forward. Grundy's good up forward, yeah. and Grundy pushes forward better than any ruckman in the league. So, that, look, it's not... I don't have the answer right now, but there is a way that it's workable, and having the two best ruckmen in the league is not a bad thing. Having the two best at any position is huge, so you go for it. That's my thoughts on it. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, second last question. Which team should nab Jack Bowes? So he has a pretty hefty back-ended deal, for more reports, uh, seems to like he wants to go to a Melbourne-based club. I'm pretty sure he's from there, but he's had, you know, six, let's call it, years at, um, where is he? Gold Coast. Yep. Good one, Frosty. And apparently they're willing to put pick seven into a deal so they can offload him and get him off their hands. So he was actually born in Cairns. There you go. Useless piece of information. Jeez. But 78 games, missed a big chunk of this year, if not all of it, with a shoulder injury. Uh, what do you reckon is a good landing spot for Bosey? Because there's teams like Essendon who, again, have a bit of salary cap space. If you're trying to trade for someone and you're getting pick seven in the negotiations, I don't know what Gold Coast's asking for, but you'd think you're going to have to give up a bit of shit. So did Geelong make a play at someone like this? If they can squeeze him in, would he fit? Do Collingwood go after him? Do North Melbourne throw the book at him? Where do you reckon you'd like to see Bose potentially end up? Oh boy, that's a that's a good question. Um, well, let's go. Let's yeah. Well, let's I, reel through the Victorian based sides. The, the ones that jump to mind is I wouldn't mind seeing him at Carlton. Yep, I, was... I think that would work quite well. And oh, look, it's it's a bit hard to tell, but part of me thinks maybe the Saints. Maybe he would fit in well there. He's, and to be honest, I can barely remember what fucking Bosey does well. It's a bit he's of a, a halfbacker. He's not a shutdown defender necessarily. He kind no. of provides a bit of drive. I feel like that's what the Saints could do with. Uh, you know, pairing him and Saad at Carlton might work. I don't think Collingwood needs him. Essendon needs everything, but, you know, a bit of whatever for them. That would be a mere trade for me. Mm. Uh, so I, I reckon maybe someone who's pushing into the top eight, like a Carlton or St Kilda, but roll through them. Go he on. does have a profile that... And he has done it before. That can play through the midfield as well. Mm. Like during his junior years, he did that, and he has done it a bit with Gold Coast. Played a bit of like a run with role right. a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, Carlton's one that definitely makes a bit of sense. Collingwood, 
maybe not so much. And clearly, mm. they've got a lot of other moving parts this offseason. Essendon's the one for me, and I think getting pick seven in the negotiations makes a lot of sense. But what do you have to give up then? Well, they got pick four. So if you said four for seven and Jack Bowes, oh, yeah. you're only moving back a couple of spots. That there could entice go. Gold Coast. Yep. Geelong seem like they're making a late charge, and if they get him, that would be very, very interesting. Mm. Hawthorne, perhaps, especially if Tom Mitchell goes out the door. They mm. might have a bit of extra salary cap. Again, they've got pick six. Could do a later round or a future first, and then you go six and seven and Bosey. Yep. Melbourne, maybe, but as we've just addressed, they've got other salary cap things to work through. North Melbourne don't have many other picks outside of number one. The next pick after that is 55. Yeah, not worth it. Richmond have 12, 19, and 30, but they're heavy into Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto, so I don't think they're going to enter the race. And then St. Kilda are right up there. The other one that I would love to see him potentially join is the Western Bulldogs. If they lose Dunkley, they got pick 11. You could do a 11 and a future second for Bozen 7 or something. I don't know. That's not bad. But I like the idea of him going to... Essendon and trying to find a role out there. It's shown that it can be kind of versatile. But yeah, as I'm looking through them, the doggies wouldn't be a bad landing spot either. Mm, they've got a lot of half backmen though. True. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like a natural fit, but the pick seven is a is, is nothing to sneeze at either, so it's not often that a top ten pick is just kind of being thrown in as a trade piece to potentially push a deal through. Yeah, so. is, is it a salary cap thing for Gold it is, Coast? Yeah. yeah. So he's got two more years. I think he signed a four year deal initially. And the last two years are like pretty back-ended. So they want okay. to open up some money to re-sign Noah Anderson and right. yep. Matty Rowell, these types, in a few seasons. Uh, last one. Jaden Hunt has been linked to West Coast. You heard about that? No. So the free agent from Melbourne. Hmm. Uh, apparently, Melbourne uh, West Coast have pretty much put an offer on the table. So you may find out as early as this time tomorrow if he's keen on coming over. Adds a bit of flair, a bit of excitement potentially to the back line of the Coasters. Hmm. Uh who do you want to see West Coast go after? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a player. It might be, I want to see them go into the draft. But what, how do you want West Coast to handle this offseason? That's a better way of answering the question. Well, Chris. look, obviously you don't want them to give up any draft capital. I would say that's almost uh, certain. What have we got? Pick two? <laughs> pick two? Pick two, pick 20, pick 26, pick 38. Yeah, look, you wouldn't want to give up, obviously, pick two. You take the best player available. Um I would love to see them get... Is it Elijah Hewitt? Yeah. Swan Districts fella? Yep. I'd love to see them get him. And there's a buzz... Is it buzz... Blah, blah, blah? There's another West yep. Aussie. What's Ooh. his name? Drawing blanks. Yeah, on okay. And I'll get the draft... Uh... He's a backman. I would love to see them go after both of those guys. Um, look, I don't think he's available, but Sam Pell Pepper is high on my list. I think West Coast needs toughness. Any Any tough players who are available... I don't need a Jaden Hunt who's... We don't need Flair. We don't need Flash. We've got Kelly. We've got Ryan. We might lose Rioli, but we've got plenty of Flash. Um, you know, you expect Witherden to give us Dash. We need toughness. We need people who are like hard players or just elite draft picks. So that they're the two, two ways I'd like to go. I don't want a middling player like Jaden Hunt. Well, it seems like he may land at the Coasters. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, George Wardlaw is another top dude. He's Maybe from Vic right. Metro, though. No, um, he's a West Aussie. Uh, Elijah Sardis. Actually, for what it's worth, as I'm kind of looking through these, I watched the Vic Metro, Vic Country, under-18s championship, and we had Sardis look like one of the best players on the ground. Harry Sheasel 
looks very Toby Greenish. He's going to dominate. Uh, Aaron Cadman, who's like a key forward that I reckon GWS or Essendon will try and pounce on. Jai Clark, he looked pretty good as well. So a lot of these top draftees are either in the country or the metro side. Yeah, okay. Ruben Gim- Gimby, he's a defender apparently from uh, WA. There's another key forward. Maddie Jefferson, who looked all right. Elijah Hewitt was the one that we talked about before. Yeah. So, you know, there's Jagger, options. Jed. Oh, Jeddy Buzzlinger. Buzzlinger, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, key defender. You could see, I mean, I don't think Bozy wants to go to West Coast, but if you can get pick seven, you yeah. just take him off Gold Coast's hands, give him your future first, give us Bozy and pick seven. Yeah, sure. I'd go for that. Yeah, I don't hate that. Dude. No worries. Again, it seems like he wants to stay in Vic, but... All the fun and games will literally kick off tomorrow and then the trade period on Monday. So next week we do the pod, we'll be able to recap on a couple of things. Hopefully by then Fremantle will have enhanced their draft hand a little bit. But Ooh, yeah. as we mentioned at the lead-off, training camps are underway, media days in the books. There's actually a NBA preseason game between the Warriors and the uh, Washington Wizards being played in Japan tomorrow. So we've got basketball tomorrow. And that'll be on our timeline too. 6 p.m. WA time. How fucking great is oh, that? Hopefully I finish my uni assignment straight into Warriors withered. Yeah, everyone's excited to watch the Wiz and the Dubs. Uh, we talked about doing over-unders. I've got the over-unders for the West here. So I reckon we roll through them and we kind of talk about if we think they're going to go over, under. Okay. Uh, or their projected win totals. Right. Some of them were very, very interesting for yeah. me. Uh, who do you reckon, for all the Western Conference teams has the highest projected win total for 2022-23. Ooh, I reckon it would either it's either Suns, Clippers or Warriors and I would go I reckon Clippers Warriors tied. Well, you were correct with both statements. It's either the Suns Clippers Warriors and the Clippers Warriors did tie, but the Suns are one win higher than no. both of them. Which, I'll take uh, the under. Let's start let's start at the bottom. Work okay. our way up, I reckon. All right, all right. So San Antonio Spurs. All right. Probably not going to win a shitload of games. No. I think they're in the uh, Victor Wemanyama tanking sweepstakes. Oh, yep. Wemanyama. Went 34 and 48 last year. Their projected win total is 22 and a half, which would be one of the worst seasons that San Antonio has had in a long, long time. But clearly, ever since they bloody bowed out of championship contention, it's been a bit of a nothing roster. We talked about how the Spurs don't exactly instill us with a lot of confidence going up and down their team. But, you know, they're still the San Antonio Spurs. They've yeah. still got Popovich as their coach. And I think this is their 50th season in the San Antonio era. So, you know, that's that's a thing. That's something. Do they get to 23 wins, though? 23 and 59, they'd have to go. Oh, they'd be hoping they don't. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I don't think they'd want to. I still reckon they might. It's I think great. Pop I, is good enough a coach, right? That's what I'm putting it on, Greg Popovich. Honestly, that's that's all it's on, personally for me. I, I would probably, oh look, if I was a betting man, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. <laughs> the I definition would, of, I would go under. Honestly, I'll take yeah, the under. I think I do too, but it just sounds wrong. It does, yeah. I think that's the pro- maybe we've got a bit of that, you know, his, history bias. Mm. I don't know if that's a thing, but checks out. The last yeah. time they went. 20 and 62, the year they got Tim Duncan. So imagine if they. Yeah, they get a number one pick and get old, mate. They'll have to try and beat out the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are the next team at 23 and a half wins. 
which if you look at their last two seasons, they've gone 24 and 22 dubs. Mm. I think they improve a bit, but the Chet Holmgren out with injury news is a huge blow. It's a bummer. Yeah, and honestly, it kind of makes me think that they might they might just sort of say, Shea Gilgis Alexander, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to do one more year. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to sit out 30 games for one more year. To which I'm thinking, like, Shay might just go, fuck this, guys. Like, he, he might be close to a contract year. So. Let me get it up, actually. Oh, oh I swear he signed a extension oh, extended? not too long ago. Yeah, maybe he did. Okay. Well, then they might just say, look, mate, you got no choice. We're going to sit you for 30 games again, even Oof. though you're sort of, sort of not injured. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I think they're going to get a bit of growth. They'll get growth from some of those guys like... Oh, fuck. What are they? No, Josh Trey Giddy. Man, Trey Man. Josh Giddy's going to be really good. Trey Man. Th- those kind of guys. You know, I Poku. Mm, uh, I'm not so sure about Poku, but... What was their thing again? What was their number? 23 and a half, which, for what it's worth, is the same as the Houston Rockets, who we're going to go to next. Oh, man, it's really hard. Uh, uh, so let's just look through. As it, seems, it seems about right. Teo Maladon, Trey Mann, Ty Jerome, Aaron Wiggins, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, yeah. Mike Muscala. I don't actually know if he's there or not anymore. That team doesn't sound like it's got 24 wins in it. But Yeah, the West is hard. Yeah, you know what? I'll take under. I think so, too. And... It's funny that you mentioned that thing about Shea. I literally saw something this morning about how Toronto are just observing Shea Gilgis Alexander's oh, and of course situation. Yeah. Imagine you plonk him into a backcourt with Fred Van Vliet, a budding star like Scotty Barnes, and you've got Pascal Siakam as well. All of a sudden, that makes Toronto a pretty imposing young core. Yo, just just quietly, did you see the ESPN 100? Uh, yeah. Did you see where fucking Scotty Barnes is ranked? Like 40-something? Like, I think it's higher than that, mate. Oh. It's absurd. He's ahead of, like, Draymond Green. Like, what? ESPN fucking clowning. Like, anyway, we, we maybe we can do that next next podcast. But, yeah, I'll take the under. Um, if the Raptors could get Shea Gilgis-Alexander, that's fucking huge. It'd be lovely. And, um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I'll take the under on OKC. And it sounds like the next team... Exactly the same projected win total, 23 and a half. Your Houston Rockets. I'll take me under. Yeah. Uh, I have more faith in them improving and bouncing up. They've gone 17 and 20 wins the last two seasons. So they had 20 last year? Yeah. I feel like they're on the right progression track, though. Jabari Smith, another year into guys like Alperen Sengun, um, Jalen Green, who they drafted a year ago. Who else have they got? Oh, our, our man, bloody Jay Sean Tate, who we love. Oh, I do love Jay Sean Tate. Uh, they're a young-ass team, but I like their team. They traded for Boban in that whole Christian Wood thing, so he'll probably provide a bit of comic relief. Don't think that'll contribute to many wins, but might just keep things lighthearted. Good for, good for locker room. Yep, exactly, yeah. which might just you know eke out a win or two. I've got more confidence in the Rockets hitting the over than the Thunder. Uh, I don't... No, I don't. I, Jalen Green needs to show me that he's a winner, and I'm not sure that he is. So I'm going to go. I, I would be more confident in OKC because okay. I think they've got the better player. Actually, they've probably got two better players. They've got Giddy. They've got 
SGA. Mm, the Rockets. Yeah, I, I would go under on the Rockets, and I would be tempted to just go just over on the Thunder. But obviously, they're probably going to... I think everyone's in the Victor Webanyama. Webanyama. Sweepstakes. Yeah. Look, there's only two wins separating the bottom four in the West. We've talked about three of them. The other one is everyone's odds-on favourite to be Tankapalooza team this year, and that is the Utah Jazz. 24 and a half Give me projected under. wins. Give me way under. Uh, <laughs> crazy that they've won, or on average, high 40s for the last four years. Oh, yeah, no, about 60% of their games, yeah. including the lockout season. But when you look through this team, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Kelly Olenek, Laurie Markinen, Jared oh. Vanderbilt, oh. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Okay. Ochai Abaji, the bloke that they traded for from the Cavs, who was a lottery pick. Walker Kessler, who was picked 22 from memory from the Timberwolves. That team actually instills me with a lot more confidence than the other ones we've talked about already. I don't know if they, they don't want to get 25 wins, which would be hitting their over, but I do have more confidence in them doing it over the others we've already listed. Yeah, as you reel the names off, yes, but they're a hodgepodge. They're a, like very eclectic. It looks like an expansion team, right? Like you start right. 2K, these are the dudes that don't get drafted and they end up on an expansion draft instead. And it's also, a lot of it is, play, no one wants to be there. They're all, they've all been forced there. And so I think that's pretty major. Um, I would say that they go under because it's, and there's going to be all these, everyone there's playing for, an NBA lifeline. Maybe yep. one or two will be like, all right, well, I'll stay around because I'm young. Colin Sexton maybe, but I think everyone's going to be so selfish. It's a it's a collection of pretty selfish players. Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley. I love Jared Vanderbilt. Mm. I do love him. Uh, I can't think of any more, but, you know, they're all just... Uh, there's rookies looking to prove themselves. All this shit, I, I just don't think it's going to work. Uh, did they lose Quinn Snyder? They did, right? They did, yep. No, oh, they're fucked. Give me way under on them. Give me their... I think they'll be the worst team in the league. I rate Will Hardy, though, the bod Boston head associate coach that they got as the replacement. But, mm. you know, Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson are their starting one guard and the backup one guard. They might both get traded before I would December. Think. Yep. They would if, you know, they want to really tank. Laurie Markinen, he's okay. I didn't even mention Talon Horton Tucker's name, but like you said, it's all hodgepodge dudes, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, again, have faith out of all of the teams I've listed of them potentially going over with that roster. But, like, when you take where their list is and their goals for the season and their aims and where how their team's moving, I think there's no way that they hit 24 wins. They're the under. Yeah, I won't harp on too much longer because I know we've got a lot of teams to get through, but uh, they uh, they're sitting in training camp right now. Yep. And every single player is like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take that number one, that starting spot. Yeah. And that it does not work. It's going to be, it's going to be a fucking dumpster fire. That's what, and I think that's what they're banking on. And it's going to be horrible to watch. Uh, they're the least watchable team in the league for mine. And I think they'll go well under personally because half the team probably won't be there at the deadline. Yeah, true. Transitioning from one dumpster fire to a perennial. Dumpster fire. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings. Oh, yeah, yeah. The last few years, they've gone 30 wins, 31, 31, 39, and their projected win total this year. Were they 39 last year? No, no, no. That was oh, the other way around. That was 28, 19. Okay. okay. Uh, this year, their projected win total is 33 and a half. 
So not lots, <laughs> but I actually kind of think that the over is the positive play here because they got better in the offseason. They only won 30 games last year. As we talked about, might have been, honestly, in the most recent division yeah, was, review we yeah. did. Darren Fox and DeMontis Sabonis get a bit more chemistry together. You get a good couple of shooters around them in Monk and Huerta. Keegan Murray, he also looks like a really good shooter. So Off day. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm confident off night, off day, off off, off night. afternoon, off night. whenever he's playing. <laughs> off time, uh, as you commonly come to be known. But yeah, Davion on the bench coming through. Could be a sneaky six-man play. Mm. 34 wins they've got to get. Do they get 34 wins? It's clearly been three years since they've done it before. So The West is tough. The West is really the bloody is hard. I, look, we've we've been saying it all, you know, off season. I'm going to die on this hill. Uh, I think they will go over, but there's a lot of good teams in the West. Mm. I feel like we're about to start dipping into some of those teams, but I, I'll give them the over. Was it 34? Yeah, give them 34. I think the I think the, so. The good news is there's a lot of teams in the West. We've just talked about four of them who will absorb a whole lot of losses. So there's going to be some. It's a very good point, actually. There's some wins on offer in the West. So hopefully the Kings snaffle some of them. Um, boy, you want to see them make it, don't you? Please. Yeah. After so much struggle and yeah. suffering, I want to see them make. It. Just put Kings fans out of their misery. Bloody oath. Um, next cab off the rank. Forty will be their over. Oof. Uh. 39.5 as it currently sits at. They went 27-55 and 55 last year, but they had their best player injured for most of the season. We're talking about the Portland Trailblazers. 42-30 oh, and 30 they went uh, in the 72-game slate, and they were 35-39 and 39 when proceedings got shut down during the COVID era. So if you run it back and you look at their team, you're like, yeah, 40 wins, that's okay. But they've undergone quite a bit of change in the span of 12 months. Obviously, CJ's gone. They got a couple of pieces in return. To see a little might grow into a starting small forward spot. Jeremy Grant might start at the four, might start at the three, but he's another piece. Anthony Simons is improving. They signed Gary Payton. They traded for Josh Hart. Yusuf Nurkic is still there, but injury prone. They drafted uh, Shade on Sharp, number seven pick. So they've got pieces, and obviously Dame Healthy is a big one, but... I don't feel confident about them getting 40 wins because, as we've said, as we kind of get to the start of each team, the West is fucking loaded this year. Yeah, they're going to take eight losses to the Nuggets and the Wolves in their division. Um, They're going to play the Dubs three times. They'll play the Suns three times. They'll play the Bucks twice. They're not getting a 40. Um, I I don't think Dame's a great player. I think Jeremy Grant's overrated. You know, he's just been playing really well for the worst team in the league over the last two years. Good stats, bad team guy. Absolutely. So, you know, Ants, I like a lot of their players. I think Nurkic is going to get fucking roasted by Jokic. He gets roasted by Jokic every year. He's going to get roasted by Cat. He's going to get smashed by Gobert. I'm trying to think of any. He's going to get smashed by hopefully a healthy Anthony Davis. There's no way they get to 40. I, I would say 34. Yeah, you know Mate. what? I'd almost feel... Last year, the Pels were sitting at about this same win total. And then this was before the Zion news came out. And I hammered the under. I linked them with like the Clippers under, the Utah over, the Atlanta. Like I put all of my multis, let's say, 
combined them with New Orleans going under. And I think this year, Portland is that team. Like, 40 wins in a loaded West. We've just gone through their numbers. They've only done that a couple of times when they were healthy. So, with CJ, who I think is probably the second best player that they've had in the last couple of months. Anthony Simons will get better. And like you said, there's pieces I like, but the under for mine. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, the podcast's team. League pass favourites coming up. 43 and a half wins is their projected. So they've got to go 44 and 38, which isn't unfathomable. They went 36 and 46 a season ago. They were about the same mark, 10 games under 500 for the two years prior to that. Obviously, one of those years they landed Zion Williamson, who's a bit of a game changer. And if he's healthy, then that'll be a dramatic upgrade. We're all talked out on how good the Pels are going to be, but is 44 wins too high a bar for them to hit, or do you reckon they can get there? I reckon that's about right. So I would take the one... Ooh, shit, would I take under then? No, I'll give... Oh, I'll, mm, uh, you know, I will take the under. Mm. What do you say? 44. 44. I'll, I'll give 44 f- would be the over. 43 the under, technically. I'll give them 43. So I'll okay. take the under. Okay. It's not huge. I think they'll be right in the playoff mix. And I think they'll make noise in the playoffs, but I will just take the under, knowing who's still to come in the West. That's that's what I'm putting. I, you know, actually, sorry, I'll change. I'll give them the one game over because I know the Lakers are coming up. Yeah, I feel like they go over. I feel like they're good enough to go over. They've got the talent to go over. They've got the continuity. Yep. They didn't undergo shitloads of changes this offseason yeah. either, right? No, the only I'm- change, which is a huge one, is trying to fit in Zion, but they were good last year without him. I think they can be great this year with him. Uh, yep. The fucking Lakers. Have a guess at what you think their over-under is, or could, have you got it in front of you? Well, you said 43 was, so 45? And a half. Well done. Uh, I can't see them getting 45 wins. Not with Russ or a traded Russ. Unless they do this Westbrook and two firsts for Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, which is a move that I actually really like. If you're not doing that, Tell your story of walking, LA. They only won 33 games last year. They won 42 the year before that in a shortened season. Dennis Schroeder came back. And then they just added a bit of muck with the likes of Juan Toscano-Anderson, Thomas Bryant, a healthy Kendrick Nunn. Pat Beverly is not a small addition, but mm. yeah, I just don't like their team. I don't think they'll quite make 45. Ant Davis is not going to be as injured as he has been last year. I feel confident in that as well, weirdly. yeah. I think Russ will fit in a bit better. You'd hope. I feel like LeBron is going to be less, uh, what's the word, LeBron-y, and be like, oh, I'm the man. He's fucking 37. I think he understands, he's under- coming to understand that. Mm. I think it'll work better than people are giving them credit for, but I will take, just under. Okay. Just. I'll, I'll give them a... They'll have a winning record, but they'll be yep. just under. They've got three fucking... Uh, if Russell's playing like the Russ we know he can be, he's a really good fucking player. He's a fucking MVP. He has won an MVP. That's true. There's three potential MVPs on that list. There's three top 75 players of all time on that list. Mm-hmm. So, I'll take just under, but I could be... They're the team... I, I'm a, I'm a Russell Westbrook lover. Maybe that's what it is. I could see them winning 50. I could see them winning the fucking West if I it all it. comes together. Yeah. No, look, I'm not. I'm, I'm picking them under their fucking yeah, yeah. thing, but 
they could be the team that just go, we fucking told you. It's LeBron James. You know this man. They've got the on-paper talent to do it. I just don't know if it could all like <clears throat> coalesce and come together. You get 75 games out of Ant Davis. That's, that's a fucking game changer. Do you reckon he's ever played 75 games in his career? No. Yeah. Maybe once. I mean, yeah, maybe once. But yeah, you're right. If it does all come together... I do believe that the team is capable of doing it. I just don't think it'll all come together. But no, I agree. Yeah, slight under. Uh, there's three teams locked at 48 and a half. The Timberwolves, the Grizzlies, and the Dallas Mavericks, all who, you know, made some differing moves throughout the playoffs. Some of them were there for a short time, some of them there for a longer time. But okay. over the off-season, I think it's fair to say that two of them got better and one of them stood pat, but they are young and they're probably going to get better. Maybe the Jalen Brunson exit from Dallas means they didn't get better, but three intriguing teams. Who do you reckon stands the best chance of going over their projected 48.5 wins? The Mavericks, the Grizzlies, or the Timberwolves? I'll take the Grizz. Mm, I think so too. I'll put the Mavs last. <sighs> and the the Minnesota in the middle, but they could be... Oh, it's such a tough one. It, it, it really is. It's a tough three. I'll take the Grizz. I'll take... Growth from young players. I'll take a by committee approach. I'll take a good coach. I'll take a really good defense. I'll take good three point shooting. Yep. Um, yeah, we don't know what we're getting from Minnesota. I think anyone who bet on Minnesota would, you're either, you know, going really big. It's high risk, high reward. Yep. I think that I actually think the Mavs got worse. Yeah, um, as I was saying yeah. it, I was like, oh, the Christian Wood edition, that's good. But then I'm like, well. That's about it. Fuck, losing, like I said, losing Jalen Brunson's nothing. Uh, not nothing, sorry. Grizzlies won 56 games last year. I'll take the Grizz. The Timberwolves won 46. I expect them to probably regress towards um, the 50 club. Yep. But Dallas won 52. I feel like they might slide. Yeah, I yeah. tend to agree with you, I reckon. Yep, and that's sort of how I'd put it. I would say Minnesota, maybe I would take, I reckon that's bang on. Grizzlies, I'd take the over. Mavs, I'd take the under. Yep. But Luka Doncic is he's a top three player in the league, so. Top three? Yeah. Behind Giannis and Jokic? Yeah. In either order? Yeah, Giannis, Jokic, huh. Luka, then yeah. Steph. I don't think I had that call. That's, yep. Uh, and then Joel. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to, I'm racking my brains trying to think of someone who you could put over the top of them. But yeah, no, that kind of checks out. Uh, one of the blokes you just mentioned is on the next team with a 50 and a half projected wins. To the Nuggies, top that and win another MVP for your boy Nicola. Probably not, but I think that they've got the talent, especially if healthy, to hit their over. Easy, easy money. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's Let's throw... Okay, so... MPJ is at training camp right now. He reckons he is 100%. He's like saying he's ready to go. He's saying, fuck the doctors, fuck what everyone thinks. Like, as long as he's not saying, fuck the dockers. No, nah, he's no, he loves the doctors. Uh, dockers. Um, MPJ reckons he's 100% good to go. He reckons he's worked on his ball handling and uh, like back get, tightness, getting, <laughs> getting past people. Jamal Murray, everyone else other than Jamal says he's 100%. Jamal reckons he's still got a way to go. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think ACLs are what they used to be, so I'll take the over. What was it? 50? 50... 50 and a half. Yeah, I'll take the over. 
Give so me 53. They went 48 and 34 last year. 53. So that's they improved by three games with Jamal in the lineup. They could almost be like the lock of this group. Because I think that whether they vie for a top two seed or not, they won forty. They went forty-seven and twenty-five the year before that. They went forty-six and twenty-seven, and then they went fifty-four and twenty-eight. So if you average it out, let's say that they win similar to those marks, you're sixty-five percent of games. Yep. Over an eighty-two game season, let me just quickly crunch some digits. That would give them fifty-four wins. Yeah, and yeah, I, and I think, think that's pretty bang on. Yeah, I think KCP in the starting lineup is a huge upgrade over mm. Will Barton because it gives us defense. Bruce Brown, everyone is just raving about him at the training camp. Bones Highland gets better. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it, like, even if one of the two other superstars or stars doesn't get fully healthy. I'll take the over. They do have a back-to-back MVP on their roster. So yeah. that's a huge yeah. factor. Yeah. Um, all right, second to last. Oh, no, sorry, we've got three teams to go. The Dubs and the Clips, as we talked about, are tied at 52.5 each. I think that the Clippers have been everyone's popular pick. Mm, yeah, I'll call it popular pick to go on a serious charge and maybe make the finals, if not win it. Yep. Uh, obviously, the Golden State Warriors just did that. So a lot for the Clippers. We'll turn our attention to them briefly. Hinges on Kawhi's load management. Does he play 65 games? Does he play 60 games? Does he play 70 and try and push for the MVP? That'll probably determine how many games they win, not including last year because obviously he missed the entire season. But before that, he's gone 52 games played, 57, 69 in his last San Antonio year, and then it kind of goes back to before he really remembered who Kawhi was. But Mm. what do you reckon for the Clippers as a 52-and-a-half Projected win title. Oh, it sounds pretty on the money. I'll give them under Golden State over. Okay. Yep. Because yeah, man, they can't all go over. They can't all go under. I think. Um, oh, I think they'll. All, I think. Yeah. I think uh, they might both just slightly go over. Oh, yeah, to be honest, yeah. I reckon the team we just discussed in the Nugs, the Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors, in my eyes, will be. The top three seeds. Yeah. Probably rounding out the top four with your Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, wow. I reckon. Okay. So we know what you're about to talk about with the Sunaroos. Well, I just feel like they burnt all their chips in the regular season last year. Yeah. So they're probably going to have a bit of a, uh, not got a relaxed a, approach. They've but got to load manage Chris Paul. They've got to. And they've got to think for the playoffs. They won fucking franchise record 64 games last year. But yeah. The year before that, they won 51. I've so- got... Oh, sorry. I've got way more faith that they're closer to that 51 mark than 64, which is pretty obvious. But So what's their over-under? It's 53 and a half. So the highest one in the West, I don't think much like happens every year. There'll be many games that separate these guys. Like, you look at Phoenix last year with 64 wins. Again, a bit of an anomaly. But then the two seed had 56, the three seed had 53, the four seed had 52, and then you go 59, 48, 46. So... They're all, they all tend to bunch up a bit. Again, the West is fucking loaded. Yeah. So I think that there's going to be a pretty tight fight for those top three to four spots, but I've just got more faith in some of the others that we mentioned over the Suns. There was this story coming out that DeAndre Ayton hasn't spoken to Monty Williams since <laughs> the end of uh, 
their season. Wouldn't I'm surprise like, me. Well, that's not a good thing. No, bloody oath. <laughs> Jay Crowder wants out. Apparently, the Cleveland Cavaliers are interested in grabbing him. Nice yes. little veteran presence. No, you wouldn't uh, want him. Under 53 and a half for Phoenix. Yeah, look, I, you've, I think you've talked me into it. I, I was thinking 53 is maybe a bit low for the Phoenix Suns. Oh. Because, you know, they just won 40, uh, 64. True. But I think they're going to rest Chris Paul. I don't think there's any love between Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton. I think Devin Wolf. Booker's overrated. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Fuck he's you. A t- Fuck he's you. A, Fuck he's, you, Devin Booker. He's just, he's just a... <laughs> He's just a top ten player. Um, so yeah, they don't top have ten, a, you reckon? Yeah, maybe maybe he's tenth. So they've they've <laughs> got one, maybe no top ten players. They're going to lose Jay Crowder, who's a glue guy. Uh-huh. Who, let's be honest, you do not want on your team because he's one season and then he wears out his welcome. But I will take them under because I think, like we sort of said, I think the Warriors go over. I think the Nuggets go over. I think the Clippers might go over too. So someone, they can't all get 57 You've got to slip wins. a bit, right? So, yeah, I'll take... Um, I, I think they'll finish ahead of the Grizz, but I think mm. they'll, I'll take the under. I'll take 51-2 wins. Yeah. As we talked about, someone's got to lose for uh, these boys to win, but the bottom four all have projected less than 25 wins, which is like, <laughs> you know... You're winning fucking 30% of your games yeah. if you're winning 25 or so. <clears throat> bottom, bottom of the East ain't great either, mate. Yeah, we'll dive into the East next week, I reckon. Go through all 15 of them, but... All right, so... Look, oh, before... you don't want to spend another 50 minutes doing this? Oh, we can. <laughs> we can. i got nothing to do. Nowhere to be. We'll um, save the listeners. Now, before we exit and enter the uh, oh. greatest Mount Rushmore we've ever done... You could put it. You could say it. That's the greatest. The goat of Mount Rushmore's. You could say uh, it. Which ones do you feel the most secure about? If you've got to invest some of your hard-earned capital, which one of these over-unders do you reckon you go in the most? Is it the Lakers under 45? Is it the Blazers under 39? Is it the Nugs over 50? Where does your heart lie? I'll take the Grizz. Over 48 and a half? Yeah. Oh, as you say it, it scares me. Yeah, but I will. They won 56 games last year. Yeah, I'll take the Grizz. Yep. I'll go... I would take Mavs under. I'd feel pretty good about that. Oh, mm. Luca Doncic. 48. It's like, Luca could get 48 in his sleep. Okay, fine. Take that one out. I'll take Trailblazers under. Mm-hmm. Very confident about that. Um, uh, I'm sort of forgetting what we got. Um, so, I, I, I guess okay, there's, here they are. there's some money to be had in those lower unders, but I just can't pick which one of them are going like, to win a little bit more. Like I said, I think... I'll take Nuggets over. Oh, the Kings over is interesting too. Yep. Yeah, yep. okay. I'd probably lock in Grizz over, Nuggets over, Blazers under. They're my, my top three in yeah. no particular order. Yeah, I'd back down him. Grizz number one, Blazers two, Nuggets three yep. for me. Yeah, be And you're right, Suns, uh, not Suns, fucking Kings over. I don't mind. 34 wins. Like, surely they improve a little bit to get there. Alrighty. Like I said, East next week. We'll recap a bit of uh, AFL off-season stuff. We'll talk about week four of the NFL, but it's time. Here we go. This is big. Time man. for a big Mount Rushmore. Uh, this is a Mount Rushmore-worthy Mount Rushmore. And it took us a while to hash it out. We had some other ideas for probably a couple of Mount Rushmores that we'll put in future podcasts. But it's, it's at its interesting point 
like I said at the lead-off in the sports season. The AFL's winding up. NBA's about to start. NFL's in full swing. So we've got a bit of a, you know, a broad focus. We're going to draft goats tonight. And when we're talking goats, we're talking greatest of all time in their particular sports. You think that Joel Selwood's the greatest to ever play the footy? You might draft him as your footy goat. If you think that Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player of all time, you might draft him. And then we are going to compare the lists of four to see who has the best goats. Uh, for what it's worth, just over 90 votes in the poll last week. So thanks to all the Sportsby fans. Yeah, good on you guys. Uh, you pipped me. You got me. I think it was 59 to 33. Thank you, guys. So uh, you might be the first time you've won the Twitter poll, which I think is worth celebrating in itself. Thank you, Twitter. Shout out to Twitter. Anyone listening off Twitter, shout out to you. There'll be some of them, for sure. Uh, so it's 10 to 7 now in the head-to-head ledger. Okay. And that means that I've got the number one pick. <laughs> it's not a... It's a, I wouldn't want it. I'm it's glad it's been a little it. while since I've been sitting in this seat, and yeah, I don't enjoy it, and I'm... I'm already like second guessing my gut instinct and what wow. I think I should do. Okay. So the pressure is on. Uh, are you, re- the- you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Yep. Remember what the people are going to want, though. Yeah, I know. That's a factor. Yep. And I think so. the people, some of them may be LeBron fans, but I regret to inform them that LeBron will probably not be drafted in this goat Mount Rushmore. No, he won't. But Michael Jordan will. And I'm going to take Michael Jordan first. Because that's what I told myself I was doing going into this draft. And even as I look through some of the names and I think, nah, you can draft fucking this bloke or this girl. Uh, taking MJ is the smart decision. Yeah, look, I think anyone who doesn't take Mike number one... Yeah. You're just trying to be too fancy. Yeah, and you'd feel bad about yourself. You would be. You really would second-guess yourself. I, If I had number one, I would have taken Jordan. Yeah, I just watched Last Dance the other... The other night, episode eight, it was fucking great. So I, that's a perfect pick. Um, all right, now now I get to have some real fun. Here we go. So number two, greatest of all time, goat. And I think there's a lot of people out there who would put this guy as the number one goat uh-huh. in any sport, anything ever. I'm taking the the guy who's called the greatest. I'm taking Muhammad Ali, baby. That's who I was going to take. Let's go. So, Muhammad Ali's really good starting spot. And honestly, probably the only bloke who could shit talk with Michael Jordan. And he would... Right up there. And in fact, he would shit talk Michael Jordan under the fucking seat. (laughs) Let's be honest. So, I'll take Muhammad. Um, He's the greatest. Yeah, look, that was the one that I was contemplating taking over, MJ. They're the clear top two. I think they are the clear top two. And then... After that, it gets pretty interesting. It's funky. Um, it hmm. gets really fucking interesting. And there's a couple of different sports and directions I could go. Hmm. Hmm. This is interesting. Now, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to buck the trend of what I was thinking of doing okay. or something different. No, no no one knows what you're thinking. Yeah, about, so. yeah. I'm, play, I'm playing a lot of mental gymnastics right now. I think there's a couple of people on my radar and I'm starting to look a couple of picks ahead at who I think I might be able to slip in three or four as well. Um, and I'm banking on... Yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Serena Williams as I think well she is... 
not just the greatest female tennis player of all time, but I think she may be the greatest of all time, period. Like Federer, Novak, Nadal, they all competed against each other, and Rog probably deserves some mention in this combo, as does, I think, Steffi Graf is right up there for titles as a female tennis Margaret player. Court. Margaret Court. She's number one, I think. But Serena's just like, it was quite clear the whole time throughout her career that yeah. she was like a fucking clear path ahead of everyone else. Yep. So I'm going Serena number two. Well done. Well done. Uh, very worthy pick. Yep. Very worthy pick. Um, I'm going to mess up your plans. I'm sure you're sort of thinking ahead to this. I'm taking Tiger. I'm taking Ooh. the greatest golf player of all time. And, I, you know, you'd ask a lot of people. I reckon people would say, Ali 1, Jordan 2. I think a lot of people would say Tiger 3. Yeah. So I'm very happy to get 1 and 3 or, you know, depends where you put Michael. But um, I'll take Tiger. Uh, he's had a bit of a weird ending to his career. But boy, was he was just... He was probably the most dominant sportsman for a long time there. So I'll take True. Uh, he I'll was... Take Tiger. He, there's not many people that... He's got to he, transcend their sport. He's right? got a like, game. He's got a game. You've got a game. Tiger no, Woods PGA Tour. No one under the age of 40, let's call it 30, enjoys golf until Tiger came around. Right. Like we played golf games as high schoolers. We knew who Tiger was. I put, yeah, we played golf games as like 15-year-old, 12-year-old <laughs> kids. I couldn't. I don't reckon I could name another pro golfer from that era. Mickelson? Yeah. That's it. But I tell you what. Greg that, Norman. That's a good pick. Uh, all right. How funky do I want to get? <laughs> no, you know what? I'm taking Tom Brady. He is like... A, you could make the case for other NFL players. Like a lot of people believe that... Um, uh, yeah, he's like the greatest receiver ever and maybe the greatest like, footballer. Um, there's another quarterback who I'm forgetting as well. Rodgers, Breeze. Nah, like... Oh, anyway. Five. I digress. Tom Brady, LA, I Montana. think... It was Montana, yep. Um, I think Tom Brady, he's already proved that he's probably the GOAT yep. from a footballing standpoint. But for him to like win a ring at the Bucks and then like come back and he's like now potentially going to divorce his wife because she's like, mate, just like hang him up. Yeah, he's like, right. nah, I think I'm going to try and go a little longer. So like, you're 40 fucking six. Nah, I'm just going to go like one more. He's 46. 46, bro. Oh, my God, dude. And she's just like, all right, well, like, we may have to split. If you go down and like play one more year, he's like, well, you know what? That's okay with me. Oh, man. Yeah, Tom Brady I'm taking with pick number three. Yeah, look, don't mind that. The one problem with NFL is he only plays one side of the ball, mate. It's true. And so I'm going to go with a, with a bloke. He's not a player. I don't know if that gives you anything. Nothing. He's not a player. He's probably the greatest athlete to ever walk this earth. Does that help you? Oh, I think. I'm going to take the fastest man to ever yeah, right. to ever walk the earth. I'm taking Usain Bolt, baby. Not even on my radar. No, I know. I've gone real funky, and yeah, I've got like it. in the back of my head, I'm going Usain Bolt as the goat. He's the goat sprinter. Like It looks like there's actually a couple of young blokes who might be starting to push his records, but it wasn't close. And to be honest, his, his world record could be faster. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably. That Beijing Olympics, he could have blown it out of the water. And I know he got it later, but I don't reckon he ever once ran through the finish line. He 
dominated the relays. I think he won the 200s. He's the greatest sprinter to ever live, and I, that arguably makes you the greatest athlete to ever live. Mm. You're the fastest man to ever walk the earth, probably. It's I mean, pretty Ach- telling. Achilles was around 2,000 years ago, but I'll take you saying over Achilles. Fuck you, Achilles. Fuck you, Brad Pitt. Suck it. Oh, boy. Okay. You got some options? I got some options, but I don't know. I'm feeling real good about it. You reckon you got your pick locked in, your last one? Uh, I mean, I'll see how you go. I'll be honest. Like, There's a couple in this range. I've got a funky one. Okay, good. good. There's also a couple that I'm like, I don't think... Like, take footy, for example. I was going to draft Gary Ablett Jr. because I think he... Might be the greatest, but I've on this same podcast talked about how Lee Matthews might be the greatest. I don't think there's a clear footballing go AFL footballing go. There's too many positions. Same as NFL. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, you're not you're not the upper person, Tom Brady. I'm still happy with that one. And I think for my final selection, I did talk about potentially going down a couple of different routes here, mm. and I'm going to draft someone who, you know. Some people may look at his resume and say that there's been greater, but when this bloke was at the peak of his powers, he was untouchable. Okay. He was like got people to watch this sport. I started tuning into this sport because of this character. Okay, I'm taking Conor McGregor. Oh wow! Yep, Anderson Silva might have a bit of a better record. Head John to head. Bones has a better record. There's plenty of dudes around the mark, but I tell you what, Khabib. That bloke just literally drew a fucking crowd and made me... I never used to watch MMA before Connor. And there's a lot of people who fall in that bracket. And I think he goes down as the greatest MMA fighter for mine. Wow. You uh, you were literally talking earlier today about how you tried to dabble in MMA and realized you didn't know enough about it. Uh, so I feel like this falls right in that... Uh, Maybe. Right in that uh, category. Looks well, good on a graphic. I'll tell you what, you've given me absolutely any pick I want, there, and there's some greats. Here's what I'll say. I don't think you can take Roger, you can't take Rafa, and you can't take Novak. I agree. They've all kind of taken away from each other's claim to being the GOAT. And I think people still sort of say Roger, but then you think record, and it's actually Novak and Rafa, and you... The last three years, Novak and Rafa really made some ground. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I don't think I can take a tennis player. Although, if you'd asked me this five years ago, I would have been like, Roger, he might have been been my fucking second pick. Yeah. But it's changed. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. (laughs) Okay, so I'll reel off some... Oh, no, you've still got a pick, don't you? No, 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 I'm done. Oh, you're done. Okay. Another guy who I'm very tempted to pick, Tony Hawk. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. good. I did, can't, did not even cross me mind. You can't take a soccer player. Nah, I was tossing up between uh, Pelé and Messi with my final pick, but okay. couldn't differentiate between the two. That's why I didn't. And and Cristiano as well. Yeah, like, of course. In, and I think, in fact, Cristiano's probably moved ahead of Messi. That's my rough understanding yeah. of, of a sport I don't follow. Yeah. So I listen to soccer People talk and they say, oh, actually, I think Cristiano's pulled ahead of Lionel. So you can't take soccer player. You can't take... I'm just trying to think of other sports. Uh, there's a couple of cricketers that I considered. 
not interested. I'm not taking an AFL bloke because it's not clear. Cricket, no. just literally, I'm not interested in. Oh, no, that's not true. I like cricket, but... I'm I was not... like, do you go Warney? Do you go Sachin? Do you go Don Bradman? Bradman. I, would t- I like Lara. You go Lara. I like Lara over all of them. Yeah, so, no yeah. cricketers. I'm going... You would have probably not had this bloke on your list. I'm taking the unequivocal goat of the ocean. Oh, well done. Kelly motherfucking Slater. Yeah, I like it. Let's go. <laughs> and I reckon I'm so happy with my four. I could not be happy. So you got Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods, Usain Bolt, Kelly Slater. If I had Michael Jordan in there, that would be the perfect five. Going against Michael Jordan, Serena Williams, Tom Brady, and Conor McGregor. Love me first three. Love me first three. <laughs> <laughs> I love my first three picks. Yeah, and I like them too. Uh, uh, who was your third? Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. For, uh, he's the same as... he's. I feel like you can't... He, he, he can't compare to some of these guys. I don't think he compares to Ali. I don't think he compares to Tiger. Because... He didn't. He dominated a sport, but he dominated one half of a sport. Yeah, but he, and in the other, like th- at his position, from like you could say a similar yeah. thing from like like oh, Messi wasn't a great soccer defender. Yeah, I, I mean, you could sort of argue that, but like Tom Brady doesn't exist without great offensive lines. He he doesn't get on the field without good defenses. He had a great anyway. So yeah. I, I digress. I Tom Brady is a little bit funky for me, but I'm so happy with my four. That'll make for a very interesting draft. Yeah. Another goat round, Mount Rushmore. Do do you are you worried about your last pick? Oh, it's a fucking loop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I was under the time crunch and I'm like I can't draft Shane Warne. I can't draft Pele. I had Anderson Silver and Bones Jones written next to Connor's name and I was like, you know what? Like Connor just made me watch MMA and I kind of fell into a bit of the same Serena not trap, but there was a period of time where I was like, yep, it's like Connor, Daylight. A little bit more daylight, one more chunk of daylight, and then, and then the rest Rousey. of the field. Yeah, I'd still take Connor. Oh, Ronda. no, so would I, but... Yeah. Ronda got us watching at the same time as Connor. I think... Yeah, but was... I didn't watch it for Ronda. I watched it for Connor. I'll... I watched Ronda. Oh, it was a perfect storm of MMA mm. when Connor came True. up. And he was the cherry on top. He came at, like, the perfect time <laughs> as well, just as, like, social media and all that was starting yeah. to really kick off. It really became a global sport because you yeah. were able to watch it yeah. no matter the time. Yeah. Anyway, once again, digress, waffling, but yeah, fuck, that's going to be a ripper, Mount Rushmore, to try and uh, decipher between, and the Sportsby fans have a serious task on their hands. Can't Twitter. Yeah, do do your hosts proud, or or not. <laughs> Can't Twitter. All right, uh, Eastern Conference over-unders on the cards next week. Uh, a bit of pre-season basketball will be in the books. The Cavs will have played the Sixers. I uh, don't know who the Nugs have got. Game number one. Actually, don't know who the Nugs are playing at all, but... No, they play late. We'll be able to react to stuff. We'll be able to uh, hopefully know what Fremantle's uh, mini mm. exodus looks like and what mm. picks they've got at their disposal. And Jaden Hunt will be a coaster. Congrats, mate. Oh, God, I hope not. I would be so upset with West Coast Brass if they did that. I think it's... Anyway. I think it's a matter of when, not if, but... Hey, most importantly, let's hope uh, Alshon and Jeffrey and Saquon the chef are... Two and two and one and three by this time uh, we hit the airwaves next week. Let's go. Let's come on. Let's go. And we've got, we got to come up with a Mount Rushmore to equal the greatest Mount Rushmore of all time. Actually, I still think Kobe one's better. Yeah, me too. I, I did like the grand final one. I think because I won it, but I mean... I that was a good one too. The grand final one was great. Um, thank you for all the guys who voted the Cyril Jetta run because I know there was plenty of us in that boat. But uh, this is this is a good one. This yeah, might be, be my favourite. This might be my favourite. 
Hey, we'll see what the votes uh, determine. Thanks again for sitting down, JLo. Uh, maybe a Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday next week. But at some point next week, we'll do it again. Sometime. See you then, mate.